Greetings and felicitations. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm your host, Ben Hur, and I am back in the saddle again. The song bears witness to my return. I couldn't stay away because I have too much to say. I have too many things and too many people to stand up for. That's why I'm here. If you're sick, if you're in need of some help, and you need some comfort, you need to hear a voice that says, I know what you're going through. I've been there. I've been stuck before, and I'll get stuck again. So I'm back in the saddle again. I'm here for you because I was a fool to think that I was in it just for me. I'm here for all of you who suffer in one way, shape, or form or another. So I'm back in the saddle, and I'm back for you. Today is Sunday. Happy New Year. We're starting a new year, 2021. Hopefully 2020 is gone, dead and buried. But I have a very sick feeling that 2021 is going to throw us a big curve with uh, the COVID virus still out there as we try to get vaccinated against it uh, and move forward. But the way things are working out, it's, it's hard to speculate what's going to happen. You can only hope it's good things that uh, we can get, we're all going to get through this. Uh, the main problem is that we've all been institutionalized. If you ever wondered what it's like to be in prison, well, guess what? You've been living it for almost the past year. We're in January now. Uh, February, March is when all the lockdowns and everything started to happen. The hoarding of the toilet paper. And we're coming up to mark that one-year period. But as far as the one-year period goes, this is the time of the year last year when we started hearing that dreaded word, coronavirus, that there was something out there from Wuhan, China, that was on its way here to the United States, and then it reared its ugly head in New York, and people started dying, and people started getting sick. People are still dying, and people are still getting sick. A vaccine that was promised by our president, Donald Trump, has come through. People are starting to get inoculated, but now the problem remains. Uh, they expect they expected 100 million vaccinated by the end of the year. That didn't happen, and all eyes turned to the president. And said, you failed. Well, truth is, he, the the vaccine arrived on time. The vaccine went to the different states, and every state was supposed to handle it in its own way. And when you have 50 states doing 50 different things, not everything's going to work uniformly. So, this is where we're at. One of the reasons I decided to come back and do this again is because something that happened to me this morning. Um, as you all know, I go to dialysis three times a, a week. This Christmas and New Year's holiday was something very interesting. They broke, they broke us up. And for two weeks, we were going on Sunday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. This Sunday was supposed to be my last day before we got back on schedule and got back on track on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, I got up at 4 o'clock. I was ready to go by 5. I was on my way out the door when my phone rang. And I see on my caller ID, it says U.S. Renal. That's the clinic. Oh, so, I grudgingly answered it and I said hello. And it was the, the charge nurse, the floor nurse, Mario. And he's asked me if I can change my time to 10.30. If I can come in at 10.30. I'm just like, you're asking me to come in five hours after my regular chair time. I said, I don't understand. 
He goes, well, sir, it's, uh, I have half my staff didn't show up today. And I've been having issues with this for the longest time. Uh, simply because it just seems people in the, some of the medical professions don't really give a damn about what they do or who they do it for. I understand they're all young people. I get it. You know, I was young once. But when you make a commitment to a job, you need to carry it out. If you're expected to be there at 4 or 3.30 in the morning, you need to be there at 3.15. You need to be there a little bit early. And you need to have some respect for what you do and for what you do for others that you should be there on time without without even thinking about it. So, turns out half the staff, half the technicians didn't show up. I don't know if any of the other nurses showed up. He didn't go into detail, but he swamped. So what he was t trying to do in his brilliant assessment is to all the, all the people that drove in to wait to delay their times at least four hours to come in at 10, 30, 11 o'clock for treatment. I don't do that. I have a set time, 5.45, I'm there at 5.30, and you can't get me in, we're going to have issues. Why? Well, because I signed a contract. When I started this on April the 18th, 2019, no, 2018, uh, I signed a, a patient agreement that I was going to do this, this, and this, and they were going to, in turn, the clinic was going to do this, this, and that. One of the stipulations was that my chair time I would have to be there on time or I would be delayed. So I've never been late for work and I've never been late for clinic. I'm always there on time. If for some reason somebody doesn't show up, well, that's not my fault. So on a day like today, uh, half the staff didn't show up. It's very irresponsible first and foremost. So now you leave a bunch of people holding the bag. Now, this is where I have issues with Mario. Because when we had a facility administrator, when Albert Perez was in charge, this was when he, he's the one that left in September. If he had people that didn't show up, he would step in himself, put people in, their, uh, on, in the chair, and connect them. Mario doesn't like doing that. I guess he's lazy. I, I'm, I don't really know, to be honest, why you can't do that. That's part of your job. Get it done. Get in there and get it done. I've done many things over the course of the jobs I've had that I didn't like doing, but I had to do them. When I was working at the comedy club, I had sometimes I had to get behind the, in the kitchen and cook, get in the kitchen and clean, get behind the bar and clean, pick up, or when, when one of the servers spilled drinks all over everybody, I had to clean that up. So you do things... When you have a title behind your name or preceding your name, and you just do it. So, when you decide to go out and party because it's the new year, okay, that's fine. But you have to keep in mind, I have a job. I am expected to be at a, at, at a certain place at a certain time, and I need to fulfill that. If I can't, well, then I've failed, and I'm going to fail my job my patients, and a whole lot of other people. So you need to get moving. So anyway, getting back to what's going on. 
So Mario tells me we're only taking the people that are transported in. I'm trying to explain to him that I don't drive, so that should not affect me. My ride is getting ready, is ready there to take me into clinic. He wasn't listening. Nobody listens anymore, you know, and that's fine. That's very fine. That's very fine. So, Mario says, can you come in at 10.30? And I'm like, no, I cannot. My chair time is 5.45. I've been up. I got up on time. I did my thing. Now you have to do your thing. Well, we can't because da-da-da. No, 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 no. The fact that your staff didn't show up is not my fault. You're left holding the bag. You need to. You need to work it. You need to work it. You can't be putting people off because you're messing with my health. You're violating my rules. You're violating a contract that I signed in good faith with you. So Marty says, "Can you come in at 10:30?" And I said, "No." You know what? If we're going to be like we're going to be at this point in time like this, I will show up for my next scheduled appointment time on Wednesday. I will not come in tomorrow. I will not come in later this afternoon. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get at 10:30 so I can get it. So I can get out at two or three. No, I'm not playing that. If your people didn't show up, that's not my fault. You're still responsible to get me in on time, and you're not willing to do that, so you just violated your contract with me. So, uh, this clinic has been steadily going downhill since I got there in January of 2019. They closed the the Rosa Verde Tower Clinic and forced us all to to go to this one or transfer other clinics closer to them. This is the only clinic close to me. And so I came here. It's a huge clinic. It's probably one of the biggest clinics that that they have going for them. This is U.S. Renal that I'm talking about, just so you know. Uh, They have 25 chairs, and they're all occupied. There are are six to seven technicians on the floor, two nurses and one floor nurse, one charge nurse. Besides the social worker and the dietitian who don't do crap anyway. You never, you hardly ever see them. So, it's too big a clinic because when I was at Rosa Verde Tower, there was only, it was even a fairly large clinic because they had 12 chairs. That's a lot. Uh, most of the other clinics are 8 to 10 chairs. Because smaller groups are easier to manage. One technician can handle multiple people when the others go on break. But in this joint, you have people going on break. There have been times when I look around the room, there's not a technician to be seen. Where the hell did everybody go? Well, they all come flooding out of the break room a few minutes later. So I don't know, I don't know what goes on there. And then when Mario took over, when Mario came back, he plays games with these people. And they play back. When Albert was there, there was no there was no game playing. If you didn't show up, you got written up. If you if you were late, you got written up. He plays all these weird little games, and now he's gonna now he's gonna pay for them. It's gonna cost you because half the staff didn't show up. That's that's not my and that's not neither here nor there for me. All I know is that you violated my contract, and I'm upset. So I came. I I didn't even leave the house. I just went back to my room. Got back into bed and tried to grab a few more hours of sleep they called me back at 7 30 i didn't answer the phone i was i was i wanted, i didn't want to hear any excuses or can you come in no i'm not gonna come no you screwed me out of my time 
So now I'm going to screw you out, out of your $80,000 for the day. See, because their whole, their whole corporate scheme is about money. Money, money, money. We got to make the money. We got to get these people. We, we say it's for their health. I've gone eight days without treatment. And I, I didn't have too many ill effects. And I know it's my health, but I've got a bigger game that I'm a part of. And that's about integrity, about doing what you say, meaning what you say, and sticking to it. If you can't get me in my... I haven't, been, I haven't met my chair time, oh my God, in eight, six to eight months. Every now and then they'll get me in at 5.30. But after that, at 6 o'clock, 6.15, and that's just ridiculous. Why did I sign a contract saying I'd be here, I'd be hooked up by 5.45? It's all BS, you know. Uh, this is really a corporate thing that, that I, I am involved in. It, it's, it's corporate to the max. It's very, very unfair. But these people don't care. The people higher up in the corporation don't care. I tell my chairmates, call the state and complain, but I have the feeling now the state doesn't even care. The state doesn't, well, feel complaints, but they don't do anything. Oh, it's irritating. So, here I am. I'm not going back until Wednesday, my next scheduled chair time, because you screwed me out of my chair time this morning, which is very wrong. You know, you know what? People that get transported in, I don't really give a damn. You know what? Because they, they can they, they can call via trans transport or LeFleur, whoever brings them in, and make arrangements. I had to get somebody up at 4.30 in the morning to take me in at 5 o'clock in the morning and just to drop me off. They were very upset about the, the fact that they had to get up for nothing. You know, Mario doesn't see that. And you know what? That's fine. You have your problems, I have mine. But I'm going to take charge of my health and say, I'll take the risk. You're going to screw me? Well, I won't go until my next scheduled time. A lot of things happen because somebody, see, and this is all because other people decided not to go to work today. It was too, I couldn't get up, it was too early. I was up late. Well, it's not my fault. This is the second Sunday they've screwed me. Last Sunday I had an issue because my technician Mario came in late. And then they told me that he wasn't going to be able to get me on until about 6.30. That's, that's unsatisfactory. That's unsatisfactory. So I got up, left the waiting room, called my ride, come pick me up. I came home. And they did it again to me today, except this time I didn't have to burn the, burn the gas to go halfway to the clinic to turn around and come home. Oh, it's so irritating. And uh, you, you complain. I've seen people complain up the corporate, the corporate chain. They don't care. They had this one guy who was trying to co complain about, about the fact that technicians don't come in at all. And they screw the rest of us up. And he got transferred four times till finally they just hung the phone up on him. He was pissed. And I can't say that I blame him. That's why, I, that's why I tell people, call the state. I'll give you the number. Just call. I said, look, when one of us calls and it's one, one complaint against a, a clinic, well, they kind of, well, you know, that, that's kind of what we expect. I said, no, people. What we have to do when something like this, when somebody doesn't show up, we all have to call and complain that they're screwing us up. 
because what happens when the state gets 30 to 40 calls, complaints from one facility, one clinic, they have to take action because this can, this can leak out to the media and then they're going to have a mess on their hands. The state does nothing. So if you know somebody that's on dialysis, listen to them when they tell you what the shenanigans that go on in their clinic because they're, they're true. U.S. Renal is no prize pig. Neither is Davida or Fresenius. All these places have the same inherent problems. They're staffed by human beings who are fallible, who screw up. If this happened in a hospital, can you imagine the outcry from the public that the hospital is so short-staffed? And it's happening now with the COVID. You have overworked nurses and doctors and they're still required to provide care, and people still flood into the emergency rooms because uh, people get sick. So, I was kind of hoping not to not to come back as forcefully as I as I did today because, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm just bitching a bitch. But I have I think this is a legitimate reason to complain. And I complain to you because I hope that you'll listen and that you'll do something about it if you have somebody that's on chemotherapy because these clinics are just as, as, as fallible as a dialysis clinic. You know, they're staffed by regular people. And sometimes regular people get fed up or they feel overworked and they just don't give a shit because corporate doesn't care about them. All right, well, I'm going to end this segment and it's good to be back, back in the saddle. And stick around. I will have more stuff coming at you. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we are back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Today is Wednesday, January the 6th, 2021. And my goodness, what a day we've had today. Today was supposed to be a relatively simple day. Uh, today, there was a rally in Washington, D.C., for those people supporting President Trump who thinks, who thought that he was jilted and the election was taken from him. And uh, in accordance with that, there was a big rally on the mall, the National Mall. The president said a few words along with the rest of his family that they were all supposed to go down to support the senators and congressmen that were going to challenge the count of the electoral vote well that really didn't happen the president was counting on the on the vice president Mike Pence to challenge the uh, the electoral vote he did not do that 
So when the Senators went up to challenge on their own and word got out to the people outside that Mike Pence didn't do what was expected of him, they went nuts. We had a riot in our nation's capital. The people actually stormed the Capitol building, got into the rotunda, were trying to make their way into the, the Senate and the House chamber. Uh, they managed to break into some offices. Somebody took a, a selfie in, in Nancy Pelosi's office. They took, they didn't really do a whole lot of physical damage, but they stole, you know, artifacts, mementos, but not a whole lot of damage uh, per se. It's, uh, uh, let's see, it's 10 o'clock at night in Washington, D.C. There's a curfew that's been in effect since 6 o'clock, by the, put down by the mayor. And right now, the Senate and the House are voting on uh, making Joe Biden the next president of the United States. And then I'm watching all the pundits on uh, on Fox News and anywhere else that are all I mean, this is big news, what, what we're discussing here. Um, this is something that has not happened in our in our capital since the War of 1812, when the British actually stormed the White House and damn near burned it down. Uh, there have been minor incidents since then, but nothing that major. So... And you can go into battle by yourself or with your clan. And just look at this artwork. And so, here we are. Uh, you know, pers my personal views, I think there was some election fraud, but nobody wants to, nobody has the courage to admit it or to investigate it. And I thought that's what our job was to get to the truth, but nobody wants the truth. I think they just disliked Trump that much. And there are even people that I know that say, God, I hate that guy. He's, he's, he's this and that. He's a so-and-so. And I was like, well, I felt the same way back in the day when I was a younger man. And then I read a book. It was called The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. And when I read that book, I understood who and what he was. Yeah, may you don't have to like him because he was rich or because you think he rode on his father's coattails and because his father funded his first forays into the business world. But, hey, you don't amass $6 billion fortune overnight, okay? He did what he had to do. I think he understands people better than anybody else. And for that reason, a lot of people hate him. Uh, they hate him in Washington because he was the outsider who came in. He wasn't supposed to win the election in 2016. But somehow, uh, either Barack Obama didn't dot his I's or cross all his T's and something slipped. And Donald Trump became the next president of the United States. And Hillary went home. That disrupted their agenda, the Democratic agenda, for for four years. And for four years, they tried their damnedest to get him out, to get him impeached, to get him railroaded out of, out of from from the from day one. When uh, after the inauguration, they've been trying to get rid of him, and through a little fraud, fraudulent election tampering, they they finally got their wish. And now I don't know who's worse off, us, the people, because now we have to live 
with a White House that is that is Democratic, a Senate and a House that is that are also controlled by the Democrats. Uh, we just had a major election in in uh, Georgia to determine if the two senators were going to be Republicans to thwart whatever it is uh, the Democrats were going to do, and that didn't work out that way. So now we're going to be in for four years of very, very interesting changes of scenery. I'm going to have to draw the line when they issue me my gray jumpsuit and tell me to drink the, the purple Kool-Aid. I think that's where I'm going to get off. And uh, maybe maybe move to Canada or Mexico, one of the two, I don't know. But uh, it was very, very surreal. We are the bastion of democracy in the world. People look up to us. We don't settle. We became almost like the third world countries that you see them settling their differences in the street with rocks and bottles and, and rubber bullets. And here we are doing the same thing. It was just uh, shocking, if anything, to say the least. Uh, I've seen a lot of things in my day, but I've never seen Americans turning on their own country. Yeah, I agree. You got you to gotta bone to pick because the, the election, well, you know what? I kind of said the best thing for Trump to do is wrap it up, take the loss, and wait four years and then come back. And I guarantee you Joe Biden will have screwed the company up, the, the country up enough that they'd welcome him back. They will, they will usher in a new era of Trump. I don't know. We we are in it, and I don't know if we're in it to win it, but like I said, um, things are going to change. They're already changing. Uh, so, that was today. Tomorrow the sun will rise, and we'll see what the, what the tide washed in. But the story I want to tell you is, uh, it's a dream that I had the other day. I have a friend. He's also a comedian. We, he's been in the comedy business a long time. His name is Mike Robles. If you remember anything about the 80s, he used to host his own show called Que Locos on MTV. Mike's a good guy. Now, there are four of us. We're all comics. And we all share one thing. We're all diabetic. Of the four of us, three of us are on dialysis. Myself, Jesse Pangelinan, and Mike Robles. Mike Robles also has cancer that he's being treated for with chemo. I cannot imagine a fate that he's got to live on my worst enemy. He's got to do dialysis three times a week, just like I do. And then every other day when he's not at dialysis, he's at chemo. And he's fighting like hell to, to stay alive. And uh, anyway, the the dream goes, this is, this happened about the beginning of the year. I want to say January the 2nd, 3rd, something like that. In the dream, I'm going, I do a podcast, just like I do now. And I'm going to go interview the owner of this barbecue joint in Sarasota, Florida. Remember, 
Sarasota. I don't I don't know why, but the the name stuck in my head, Sarasota, Florida. So I'm on this large grassy area. There's a big building in the middle of it. It's kind of overcast and foggy. I remember that much. But there was a smell coming from that place. Barbecue. It was a barbecue joint. And it was called Mike's. And so I went in and I said, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm looking for Mike. I need to interview him. So they called Mike. So who comes out from around the back counter? It's my friend, Mike Robles. And Mike is in perfect health. His cancer went into remission. He looked great. He was happy that he didn't have to go do chemo anymore. I'm assuming he was still on dialysis, but I told him. I, I wrote to him, and I told him, I said, dude, I had a dream about you, and you were healthy. You were good. And I think that kind of made his day, you know, because somebody's still thinking about you. And as long as somebody's thinking about you, you know, that that's a good thing. So anyway, in the dream, you know, Mike's talking to me about his, his barbecue joint. It's called Mike's Barbecue. And so we sat down, we had a few laughs, and then, you know, we talked, and and he thanked me for coming out and doing the interview. And uh, then the dream morphed into some other dream that continued on, and that was that. But it stuck in my head, and I decided to send him a little uh, a little note on my Facebook. And uh, like I said, there's four of us. The fourth guy is a guy by the name of Rick Gutierrez. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, he just recently got diagnosed with diabetes. He hasn't got to the stage where Jesse, Mike, and I are, where we're doing dialysis. And uh, I like to consider us as the blood sugar brothers. Los hermanos del sangre azucada. <laughs> Sounds funny. But uh, that's uh, that's my dream. And then to top it off, you know, the thing that happened in Washington today, well, I know what I, I know what I believe in my heart. And, you know, the best thing I think he could have done was just chalk it up to experience. You take the loss and then you move on. Uh, he kind of, he didn't really kind of do that. He kind of dove in headfirst. To help push this whole narrative of uh, you know he got ripped off it was a it was a, it was a stolen election, okay that's all well and good but uh, now what are you gonna do? Well he'll go back into private life. I'm pretty sure he is he's you know he's not broke. Uh, I think he was probably one of our better presidents. He didn't get us in any wars. As a matter of fact, he tried to get us out of wars. He was pulling all our troops back for the Middle East and bringing them back home. And uh, I don't know what Joe Biden's going to do. He's He's got a big pair of shoes to fill. And I don't think he's going to be able to do it. All I know is that he's not my president. I didn't vote for him. I don't care for the man. But uh, I did vote for Donald Trump. It didn't work out that way, so we move on. 
All right. Well, that's going to end that segment. Uh, stick around. We've got more stuff coming. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back with more stuff. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thanks for sticking around. You're listening to the Bad Moon Rising, one of my favorite Creedence Clearwater Revival tunes. And all I can say is that a bad moon has risen over the United States of America. After what happened last night in our nation's capital is very, very shocking. Uh, we are in a de facto state of civil war, I guess you could say. And you know, when you sit back and you look at everything, and, you, and I listen, I try to listen to both sides, and, and sometimes I get tired of listening to the left because it's just the same rhetoric, although they say that rhetoric comes from the right too, but I guess they're, they're right, partially. This is not a battle of black or white or man versus woman, or straight versus gay, or transgender, or even Republican or Democrat. This is a battle of right and wrong. We've gotten to the point in this country where we want, we feel that we can do anything and get away with anything we want, even the illegal stuff. I mean, when you see the examples of road rage out there and people just losing their crap at HEB, you know, shopping for groceries... It's amazing. I'm just surprised that nobody has shot somebody else at an H-E-B over a grocery, over a grocery item. So, who knows? I I mean, I I really don't. All I can do is just speculate based on what I know. And go from there. The... uh, what was the thing I was going to talk about? Oh, man, I already had it on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. I think everybody forgot that while they were storming the, the, the Capitol and stealing the Speaker of the House's uh, dais. Some guy did walk out with it. Four people died. One woman, an Air Force veteran, shot in the neck by... Uh, White House police. You know, it was just... uh, That was a bad accident waiting to happen. And then three other people in the crowd were were killed or or died as a result of uh, complications from injuries, you know, uh, couldn't breathe, heart attack, whatever. It wasn't uh, inflicted by anybody else. It was just, I guess, the, the, the moment, the excitement... And now, I, for some reason, I can't stop yawning. But uh, here in San Antonio, it was just another day. I mean, I'm pretty sure the talk around the water cooler was, oh, of course, what am I talking about? There is no water cooler talk anymore because of the COVID. You can't hang out. But uh, I'm sure everybody's in their cubicle. 
hunkered down and trying to get the day passed. But uh, there's still a pandemic out there. And, you know, you kind of wonder. People are still dying. People are upset. You know, and I mentioned in the last segment, did, did he get screwed out of the race? Maybe. Maybe he did. You know, there, there's... I have to raise questions. I have to raise an eyebrow when I saw what was going on, when I heard the the evidence that was presented. What... Excuse me. What bothers me is that, you know... Oh, here, here's, here's a perfect example. For three years, when Trump first took office... We put up with the Russian collusion story. We put up with the whistleblower story. We even went to an impeachment story. And he was cleared by the, by, the, uh, by the council that there was no collusion, no Russian collusion. The impeachment didn't go through because they didn't have enough votes. This man is, got, is, is more nonstick than, uh, than Teflon. Maybe he is a Teflon Don. Uh, uh, no pun intended. But uh, now maybe he overplayed his hand this time because now he's really taking a lot of blame from his own party as he has people that supported him for four years walking away from him. So things have taken a turn. For, I mean, they're even uh, mentioning the 25th Amendment which is to have him removed from office as he being unfit for duty. He's got two weeks left. Let it go. He can't. He can't really do much more. Much more damage. Everybody's done. They won't gone home. It's over. Let Uncle Joe move in, and we move forward. But I guarantee you. One year into his administration, you're going to be wishing Trump was back. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm telling you. I'm not going to mention it because it's just speculation. It's a prediction, and, you know, predictions don't always come true. But when they do, everybody starts looking at you with a, with a weird eye. So, anyway, onward and upwards. Um, on my health side, good news. Good news, folks. Uh, I went and had, I finally got uh, an eye exam with an ophthalmologist. He was recommended by uh, my nephrologist, Dr. Velez. His name is, is Dr. Fernando Trujillo. So they came, they checked my eyes, and lo and behold, I do have diabetic retinopathy. That's one of my problems. But my major problem, the reason that everything is like looking through a cloud, is I have cataracts in both eyes. Yes. And most of the doctor's uh, chagrin, it's not a problem. He goes, we can fix that. We'll burn it out. And the, he goes, a few hours later, you'll be seeing perfectly. You'll, you'll never, you will be amazed at the things you're going to see. I just want to be able to drive again. I want to be able to look at TV and not, not see blurred heads and actually see who it is I'm looking at. I want to be able to look at a person and not just see a shape with two dark holes for eyes. I want to be able to see their eyes, the color of their eyes, you know. 
you, it's amazing how you can take things for granted, you know, with, especially with your vision, like when you lose it, when you, how frustrating it is when I can't read the text messages on my phone, I have to use, I, I was having to use a magnifying glass and now that doesn't even help. So when I sat in the chair, the first letter they put on the screen, the, the technician was like, can you see that letter? I was like, there's a letter there. Yes, so I'm looking, I said, I can't see it. So she's adjusted the lenses. And I kind of made something out of this. She flipped it again. I said, okay, that's a, that looks like an E. Or it's a backwards three. No, I said the, the, the lines are straight up and down and around the, the quarters are 90 degree angles. So that's, a, that's an E. She goes, yes, it's an E. So then they did the left eye and yeah, it was just equally as bad. I have cataracts in both eyes. So... Um, I'm going to have the first surgery on my right eye, which is the one that's in the worst shape on Tuesday morning, this coming Tuesday, and it'll be a quick procedure. I'll get there at six. I'll be out by nine and, uh, then I'll let that eye heal. And probably about a month later, they'll do the other eye. And then once I get that done, I can go back to my other surgeon and see about getting this hernia repaired. So that way I can go back to the transplant hospital at university hospital systems and get put back on the get put back on the top of the list for a kidney. Uh I know that's a long shot, but hey, if I can get to the top of the list, you know, so be it. I mean I've been paying my dues. God knows I've been paying my dues. So, let's do it. Let's get this fixed and move on with our lives. So, cataracts, cataract surgery coming up. Uh, and then I'll be able to see again. I'll be able to drive again. I'll be able to read the paper again. I'll be able to read the funnies on the toilet again. I haven't read the funnies in two years. This all started back in, uh, well, I had, a, the last time I saw an eye doctor was to get a new pair of glasses. That was in 2012 of all the years. And it was Dr. Stevens with Central Med. And he told me, you have the beginning stages of cataracts. And that went in one ear, not the other. I, I'd never thought about it again, but he did tell me that I had uh, a di diabetic retinopathy. That was affecting, it was going to affect my vision somewhere down the road. And this whole time, when I started dialysis, that's when I noticed the vision was seemed to be going quicker. And it's one of the side effects of dialysis. I mean, dialysis has a lot of side effects. And uh, obviously vision is one of them. It's funny, I was telling a, a, one of my chairmates, uh, and I mentioned this in the last segment about the Blood Sugar Brothers. Me, Rick Gutierrez, Jesse Pangelina, and Mike Robles. I said, my friend Jesse sees like a hawk, but has no legs. He lost both of his legs below the knee to diabetes. I, on the other hand, have both of my legs. I'm blind as a bat. According to the doctor, I am legally blind because, I, you know, you have to meet a certain criteria to be able to, and I think reading is one of them. I can't read. I love to read. I can't read anymore. 
because I, I opened up the, my mail or uh, the newspaper and it's just a big black and white blur. It sucks. You know, they say you don't miss something until you realize it's gone. And that's pretty much the way I feel. Uh, but this is one one more pitfall and I'm going to get through this. Then I'm going to get my hernia fixed and I'm going to move on and we're going to see about getting a kidney and then I'm done. Then I'll see what else life is going to throw at me. Now, as far as the blood sugar brothers, one of my one of my main goals is try to get all of us together so we can talk about. Because I would love for you to hear other voices as how they feel and how they cope with life, especially like listening to Rick, who just started, who's diabetic. He's not on dialysis, but if he doesn't take care of himself, he will end up there. Uh, you know, me and Jesse and, and Mike are all on dialysis. Uh, we've all been on dialysis for a little, each one of us, at least a three-year minimum. Um, Mike is also on chemo because he's he also has cancer. Poor guy. You know, I I, ho I wish him the best. I hope he can beat this thing. It sucks to have. So those are the blood sugar brothers. And we're trying every day. The only one that's different from all of us besides Rick is Jesse. Jesse does home dialysis. Uh, they've been trying to get me to do home dialysis for over a year now. I, I just don't I, I don't want to do it. Not the reason being is because I'm freaking lazy. You know, I can go to bed one night. Ah, you know, what? I'm not going to hook myself up. The next night, ah, I'm not going to hook myself up. And see, that's what you're supposed to do when you go to sleep. But I can't even fathom the thought of having a machine connected to me while I sleep. Because I've got so many other problems that I'll just go sit in the chair for three and a half hours and just do it that way. You know. So. Bad Moon Resin. Getting my eyes fixed. And uh, the COVID is still the talk of the town. You take care. We'll be back with more stuff. These are the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hurd. Did you hear that? It was a little wheezer. I got a booger in my nose. <clears throat> oh, there it goes again. <clears throat> I, he, I guess he's got to get his 15 minutes. So enjoy. Stick around. We'll be right back with more stuff. And that'll be the end of this the next segment will be the end of this first episode of this miraculous comeback. I don't know. You know, we'll see. All right, folks, stick around. We'll be right back.